of the K- 90.1 KPFT-FM Channel HD 2 ho- show, Pop and Schlock. And I'm here to talk to you about Shatterstar. Shatterstar was a 90s abomination with a ponytail and several katanas. Shatterstar in the comics is decidedly not hot. He is a relic of a bygone and most unfortunate era. Unfortunately, Marvel saw fit to cast Lewis Tan as Shatterstar. This must not be. Friends, just say no to sexy Shatterstar. No matter how many confused pants feels you may have, resist. Resist. I have faith in you. This is Meredith Nudo from Pop and Schlock, 90.1 FM, KPFT, Channel HD2, signing off. Thank you for that beautiful PSA, Meredith. Um, <laughs> Lord in heaven. Uh, thank you, everybody, and welcome to Pop and Schlock on KPFD HD2. I am your host, Jay Goodson Dodd, also known as Jake for brevity's sake. Yes, I'm back to doing the catchphrase. Uh, and I hope if you were watching on the Facebook Live, you just saw Meredith's octopus arms. Um, we are here this week to talk about Deadpool 2, as uh, evidenced by Meredith's wonderful PSA about um, sexy with air quote Shatterstar. And uh, we have a special guest in studio with us today. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself and let the uh, listening audience know who you are and uh, a little bit about yourselves before we get into the discussion itself. What up? Um, Brenda Valdivia. I'm the co-host of um, Nerd Love on the Mockingbird Network. That's on MockingbirdNetwork.com. All right. So we... I feel like we're 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 going to get into uh, a pretty good discussion today because me and Meredith have uh, differing opinions on uh, the quality of this particular no, film. No, our our opinions are a Venn diagram. Okay, we're okay. Let's uh, let's let's start examining the circles. Um, so let's we'll start with your circle. Let's go with uh, your your basic thoughts, and then we'll go from there. So the critic in me is saying, "Oh, honey, no." But the comedian in me is saying, oh, honey, yes. Whereas um, with me, it's uh, I'm, I'm kind of I'm a little bit in the same boat. Um, I can see your point of view. I just don't think it matters. Brenda, um, I thought here's the thing. Like the first movie was such a, a break from every other comic book movie that came out recently. It reminded me I'm going to say this word and I hope it doesn't break because it's the name of the movie. But it felt very similar to Kick-Ass. And it was just fun and punchy and weird and gritty. And it had all these 
great comic book elements. Um, and this one, it, it had kind of the same feel, but it, it seemed like they were too comfortable with their own jokes. And I, uh, so I'm a little like, it was good, but it wasn't as great as the first one was. See, I personally enjoyed this one a lot more than I did the first film, because I feel like the first film felt the limitations of the budget that was placed on it by the studio. And I feel like it also, um, I feel like that confidence in the second one was kind of earned. Um, I feel like they were very confident in the fact that they had struck a tone and they were going to, they were going to follow through with it. Whereas. I feel it could have been that they went for they could have gone for the cheap comedy they could have gone to do more of the same and I feel like in some ways they did but at the same time they weren't afraid to go a little bit further with it they were more so it wasn't so much a repetition as it was an embracing of what made the first one work for me I guess I, I see where you're coming from it, here's weirdly a problem I have with it and I didn't think it was a problem until I started thinking about it today or not really a problem but just kind of a misgiving it's not as sexy as the first one was like it, the first one just kind of embraced like have fun positive sex and have fun being open and honest about who you're attracted to um versus this one where it was just more like wacky adventure time yeah i i, I will agree with you on that and i think a lot of it comes from the character motivation within the script itself yeah where, it's I mean, hard to be sexy it's hard to when... be sexy depressed yeah. Like, yeah. Like, well, actually, no, that's a lie. Sexy and depressed is clearly in the teen girl wheelhouse. There's nothing <laughs> more than teen girls love than a brooding half shirt man. Um, With... But but this one is it was more like, well, something horrible just happened. So let's make a couple of jokes about it. But that was that was kind of. Yeah, I, I do. And. They could. I, what I'm glad is there was the opportunity for sort of um, icky exploitation style sexiness if they would have delved into Negasonic and her new girlfriend. And I'm glad that they did not go that They're way. They're teenagers. I'm really glad they didn't go that way. She, the teen girl. What was her name again? I don't even know. I can't even remember her name. Which one? Negasonic teenage warhead no, no, no. or Yukio? Uh, Yukio? Yukio. Yukio was on there so little. That she was like, hey, this is my girlfriend. What, you have a problem with having a girlfriend? What, no? Okay, let me swing this rope around. Also, I'm adorable Japanese girl. Wow. And what's funny is just the amount of uh, clarification that the creative team had to put out regarding Yukio because nobody understood the character. It's like, oh, I think she's supposed to be Surge. No, that's 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 not Surge. Um, the explanation is it's the same Yukio from the Wolverine films. It's just the timeline is so wonked. What? Yeah. Is that who she was? Yeah. Oh. It's just the timeline is so wonked because of, you know, everything. We we got to step in and talk for a moment that movies are doing this weird thing to Asian girls where if they ever do something where they're kind of outside of the general, like if they're supposed to be alternative, they still have completely jet black hair, but they just have a streak of color and it's usually purple. I don't know what it is. It's called Psylocke syndrome, and it's yeah. been going on for a while. Oh, it's been going on for at least a decade. But yeah. you're seeing, you'll see it a lot. Like once somebody pointed it out to me, I've never been able to unsee it. It's even in the Lego movie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You can't yep. get away from it. Yep. 
And I mean, in this film, they. I want to say that I've seen one where the variant with a green. In this one, they gave wow. her. Uh, in this one, they gave her the Nicki Minaj pink wig. Yeah, I. I uh, Which was adorbs. I, it was really yeah, cute. I mean, I love Yu Gi Oh was adorable. It was I, a wiggy wig, but I love that wig. I like that he referred to her as Pinkie Pie as a direct reference to the uh, death battle episode where Deadpool fights Pinkie Pie. <sighs> and they, instead of fighting, they become best friends. And they. <laughs> They go and chastise the creators, and they, like, have fun times in Ponyland. Like, nobody dies in that episode of Death Battle. They are best friends. And so... Which makes perfect canonical sense for both of those characters. Yeah. And so every time he interacts with Yukio, like, the hi, Yukio, hi, Wade, all of that reminded... And he calls her Pinkie Pie, obviously. The whole thing reminded me of the Death Battle. There is no way that that wasn't intentional. Here's the thing, like, what I really like about Deadpool as a character is that he is... He's not drowning in toxic masculinity. If he thinks something is cute or something is attractive or something, if, if something is affecting him emotionally, he doesn't hide from it. Oh, yeah. He well, just fully embraces and he's, what it is. He's also canon pansexual because he's like super into Spider Man. Oh, for and he's in the, into and everyone. And in the film, yeah. he was so clearly into Colossus. I mean, who wouldn't be? But yeah. like, I love, and I feel like. Uh, but I wish that they had kind of leaned into that a little well, more. What, what I feel like, and I was hearing things, I was hearing rumblings whenever they were doing test screenings of this, that there were sort of, there was sort of a backlash towards um, Wade's presented sexuality in the film. And I feel like maybe they scaled it back a little bit to like reduce well, that they, blowback. They did the thing where they the joke is, hey, I think he's kind of gay and like everybody around him is uncomfortable because of it. Because Colossus, his whole expression was exhausted. Just ex- he's just tired. He's well, Wade just is not Colossus's type. If you look, <laughs> yeah. Coloss- I mean, I, I've read Ultimate X Men. He's not his type. Well, no. in the comics, you know, the like. J- let's go back for for me personally. I'm a huge Deadpool fan. Huge Deadpool fan. I've read as much as I could possibly get my hands on when it comes to Deadpool. And uh, Cable Pull was this big thing because they, you had the uh, Cable versus Deadpool comics that came out. Um, the early 2000s, it had a long run. We're talking almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, and and the even... Like, that's probably my favorite all-time run of the series is oh, the Cable and Deadpool book. Absolutely. I love that book so much. And they're so intrinsically connected to each other mentally and even physically because, you know, of course, it's comic books, so they splice DNAs at some point. And of course, yeah, the, bo- the body... I want to see a sequel where we get the body sliding link. Oh, absolutely. I want that's gonna so happen. Much. I could feel it in my blood, dude. <laughs> I could feel it. Um, but they they do refer to each other as my husband, Aww. like it's sincerely in the comic books, and you know, like it. They treat each other as they have very spousal like arguments towards the end of the comics, and they re- refer to each other as having a divorce when they have a break. Yeah, whenever they have that big blow-up, and it's yeah. like, oh, the divorce. Yeah, so the, it's... So it was a little... From, when it came to the movie, I was like, you're not supposed to be with Colossus, you're supposed to be with Cable now. But of course, it makes no sense. Well, it, it feels... <laughs> well, no, well, the audience, they kinda, it feels Colossus like they is gay in the Ultimate Universe. God, what? It's so confusing! And it feels like they're building towards like the eventual like Deadpool case simpatico because at the end it's like oh you did it for me yeah. even though like, it, it made no sense that he wouldn't go back to his family uh, I, mean, I was like oh you spend the whole movie trying to get back to your family and then you're just like nope 
gonna stay with Deadpool now. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of character decisions in this film yeah. that don't always make perfect sense. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to criticize him because it's the kind of movie that this is. It's this kind of purely embraces its own sense of its own sense of logic. And it's a logic that wouldn't make sense in any other film, which is part of the thing where like I mean it's a live action Looney Tunes movie. It is. And one of the things that kinda concerns me is the idea that the next film we're gonna get is an X Force film. Um that seems to be what they're building towards. Look, as long as what... they as long as they bring back sweet cinnamon roll Peter. <laughs> yeah. It's Rob, a... Oh we love you, Rob Delaney. <laughs> there was a lot of references to the comics and to other movies, like that's kind of the joke of it. But I, I think it's is there a fifth wall? Because it seems <laughs> to be free from the constraints of the the X-Men universe, even though they kind of touch in. But they you know, they acknowledge constantly whatever is happening in this movie doesn't really affect other movies. Yeah. This is his own animal, so forget everything you know from the other comic books, unless we make a reference and totally remember it. Uh, but you're right. It's a very Looney Tunes-type world. The way a lot of these characters died is hilarious <laughs> and like completely over the, the top. Well, the, the, the way that I look at it in terms of like how uh, it molds into the X-Men universe is almost as if um, we're... Because obviously it's being narrated and our point of view is Deadpool, you can't take his narration as being reliable. Um, so... If you saw them, if they made this movie from Colossus's point of view, it would be entirely different. The dialogue I, would be different. I would watch that. I would, I would watch, watch that. it. I would watch that over and over and over I would again. Watch, I, would I want to watch to it from see, Cable's point of view. Yeah, I would love to see like a fifteen-minute like breakdown by Cable, and it just turns out Deadpool is the worst superhero. Yeah, just because in the in the original run when he was first trying to be a good guy, because you know he was a heel at first, he was a oh, villain yeah. and a very successful one, but when he tried. He was Deadshot. Yeah, he was. But no, he was Deathstroke. Oh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. You're right. You're right. Yeah, we'll talk about that. It's in all a the moment. same. Yeah. Fake nerd girl. <laughs> <laughs> but when he was trying to be a hero, like the, he was constantly making things worse. Mm -hmm. He'd save mm -hmm. the bomb, and it turned out the bomb was supposed to kill a terrorist who was about to unleash a bacteria. Like <laughs> he was, he was trying to do the right thing, but the right thing was constantly the worst thing you possibly can do in that situation. And I get the feeling that if you looked at it from the point of view of Colossus, you just see this idiot just <laughs> and there's destroying everything. Yeah. And that's that's true, but at the same time, if they tried to integrate him into an actual X-Men movie, you you could use the template set by something like Uncanny X-Force. Like if you look at the whole like the arc where he refused to assassinate baby kid apocalypse. Oh god, it's one of the best so so best good traits and you, of all you time. Can, I'll fight anybody who says I otherwise. Haven't, I haven't it's, read that one. Oh, oh it is it's so good. Beautiful. It's amazing. The colors are alone or beautiful because it's set they, on Mars. So ooh. like the sky is pink and red and the landscape is blue for sure. And they kind oh. of and they kind of so reference good. and it's funny because they kind of visually reference that at the end whenever mm -hmm. uh, Deadpool gets his suit covered in ash and it goes yep. gray. And it goes gray. So it was like, oh I see what you did there. No, I, I do know I do know yeah, I, was like of pulling my, I was pulling my friend's sleeve and being like <laughs> and he never read that one either. And he was just like yeah okay cool. So, it's so it's 
I'm you just look, good in gray. Yeah. I'm no, just, that's the the gray suit's a good suit. Yeah, I'm good just suit. Con- I'm just confused as to how they are going to go about doing a sequel to this because Ryan Reynolds has said he doesn't see them doing a Deadpool three. It's just going to be an X Force film. So just do an X Force. And I'm wondering, are they going to maintain this sort of tone, or are they going to scale that back? Because, um, I, I mean, I would like to, <laughs> I would like to maybe find a nice, healthy middle ground um, for X Force. I would love to see a cable pull where they tried doing a jump with that technology, because you know they hinted that they were fixing the technology, yeah. Yeah. but it wasn't quite right. Um, so I would love to see just a full blown cable pull that they can't jump without each other yeah. showing up. Um, X-Force, I would love to see as a movie, but it's not a Deadpool movie. Yeah. It's fundamentally the whole tone of of Uncanny X-Force is so different and it's dire and it's beautifully drawn, right. but it's it's a completely different animal. Because the X-Force, that the only X-Force that I think matches the tone of this film, they actually drew from, and that was like the the Peter Milligan uh, X-Force ecstatics yeah. kind of era. Because they had a zeitgeist in there. Yeah, they had zeitgeist, and I'm just like, where was dupe? Uh, <laughs> Not until Deadpool 3. Yeah, so I mean, I could see that. I could see that, that would work, work though. I could see that, that working work really on. Well. I could see that working on film, but honestly. I just want a Domino Solo movie, like, oh, right yes. now. She was so cool. And oh, yeah. She, Unbelievably and, and cool. And this, this, so cool. this is something I was talking to Meredith earlier about. There was almost there was no character development there whatsoever. Just almost blank slate, carried entirely by personality. Mm-hmm. And I want to see more. Yeah, she yeah. literally, they had, what was that? Um, they, they had the whole audition montage where he pretty much got everybody. He, like, picked everybody sight first scene um but it reminded me of uh mystery men yes it was very yes. oh yeah it very Just, much so but instead of God, like that movie was ahead of its time it really was, <laughs> it really was. i and i love mystery men so much as a kid yeah that movie has such a special place in my heart like my brothers and i will still quote it to each other to yeah, this day but D- domino was the journeying garofalo of yes. this movie just showed up happened yep. to be really good at what she did the um, only one with any real competence yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Well, it's not even competence. It's just luck because that's her thing. And I, I love that they kind of hung a lampshade on the idea of, like, apparently studio executives didn't want to include Domino because her powers weren't, like, like how does that translate to screen? So mm-hmm. Deadpool's like, it's not cinematic enough. <laughs> and you get this huge, like, CGI set piece to show showcase her, yeah. her power set. And I, lo- and I loved it. I, Did nobody ever it, show any of these producers Final Destination? destination? I don't it's think clearly so. clearly the whole thing. All, she's a human Rubenberg machine. Like she just sets things into motion, and and I I loved happens. I loved little bits about Domino that like built character without it was a total showdown don't tell thing like the fact she carried Uzis with little <laughs> she, her Uzis had the bayonet oh, yeah. and I'm like what is yeah. the what I love it so much oh she was great yeah. she was great um when I first saw her design uh I was I was a little sad because I was like her she doesn't pop off screen because her vitiligo is that how you pronounce yeah. it yeah it's it's not the contrast isn't that strong um so it was a little like well she kind of blends into the background but honestly when she gets when she was on yeah. When I saw her moving in the movie, mm-hmm. yeah. I was yeah. like, never mind. And I it, take back and everything. The, I the little things like I liked that um, she had um, disparate pupils. 
So yeah. like he, she had a different colored iris on the side that had the vitiligo. And it's, it's one of those things where uh, her performance, her physical comedy in this was like her facial expressions <laughs> were perfect. Um, like, Zizi Beats is a very underrated comic actress. The, and I hope that she super the takes moment, off after this in Atlanta. The moment where she walks on she walks on and sees the juggernaut and just eyes go big and she turns around and nopes out mm-hmm. was I lost it. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, because it's really easy to have um, the bad MFR characters just have zero facial expressions. And that can be funny, too. Mm-hmm. Just be somebody who's very wooden and expression. you already had cable for that. But so. yeah, you've already have cable and to a lesser point, Colossus. Because yeah. um, Colossus's reactions also were hilarious. Yeah, the soap dispenser gag got me. <laughs> like it's it's so childish and stupid, but it got me like right yeah. where I live. But as far as like character work, I really loved Josh Brolin as Cable, and it's funny because he was like so beautiful. Because my he wasn't. He wasn't my first choice. Like, my first choice for Cable was John Cena. <laughs> oh, oh, I never thought of that. Because okay. I was because that man is just a walking comedy machine, and I, I think it would have been perfect. So I, they had also were looking at Michael Shannon and David Harbour, and which also, David Harbour ended up not doing anything because he, he got picked up for Hellboy, Hellboy instead. And Michael yes. Shannon. Michael Shannon, though, would have been... He had to drop out because of scheduling conflicts. <sighs> also, also, Brad Pitt was like right there ready to sign. And then scheduling conflicts took him out, and so that's why uh, we got that super-duper... <laughs> Amazing, like point thirty second cameo. Can we can we talk about the the big X Force joke? Yes, that let's, let's, joke. Let's talk about that. For that a minute. joke only works if you saw the commercials. I know. And so because, I'm kind of wondering because they filmed false scenes right, in the commercials to throw people off. Right. I know. I'm wondering how it's going to hold up on subsequent viewings without the context of, did you know that it was advertised? Because, as... Well, I've, I saw the movie twice. I went once on my own, and then I went and I took my brother yesterday because he hadn't seen it. And that scene still holds up, even knowing what's coming, just because of the build. Yeah. The build to it is so perfect, where he's just where he's screaming in Peter's face, I'm never going to let anything happen to you. I'm just trying to inspire the team. <laughs> and it, it was just... The build and the cinematography of it and the framing was just, and you can see it coming, like every, like with Shatterstar, the, the, because you see his ponytail gets in his face, you see the helicopter, and it's that moment of knowing, oh god, oh god, oh god. There's something about it happening in the middle of the day in broad daylight that just made it even funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's the it's, color, yeah, like it's, of the, the blood, the color, and the electrocution, it's like it's and they such also, a mundane. The way they died was so violent, but it was also in a very mundane way. Mm-hmm. And like oh. everything that happened was just like, oh, I could see this being filmed on uh, on somebody's cell phone. Yeah, just being like, did you, you could see this going viral? Yeah. yeah, you know. And what was funny about it too was like they subverted, they almost subverted it with Peter. Like you thought it's like, oh, yeah. he's fine, and it's like the car. You thought oh. he was going to hit by the car. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. They faked you out like three times before he actually bites it. And you'll notice <laughs> that the only one that he goes back yeah, to save is Peter. Peter. He's oh, just a yep. guy. He's just a guy. I'm not going to let anything happen to you, sugar bear. <laughs> We're so. Have you been reading? Uh, have you been reading Peter's Twitter feed? No, I haven't. No. Yeah, they they had found after the commercial had come up with with. Apparently, they'd been running it for like a been, while. Yeah, they'd been running it for a while. They never said whether or not Rob Delaney was behind it, though. 
Which oh. it feels my, like Rob Delaney's behind can, it. My head cannon says that Rob Delaney is behind it. I uh, I'm a little sad that Bob didn't come back. Bob the intern, Bob the sidekick. Yeah, yeah, because he was because he first, survived the first one. He was yeah. in the first one, and I was like, oh, he's gonna come back. He's and gonna someone's... like try to help, and then it's gonna be him and the taxi driver. Well, someone's gonna have to replace T.J. Miller. Oh. Did you see the bit whenever the, whenever they uh, whenever they for, whenever we first meet uh, Julian Dennison's character where it's at the where it's the news and at the bottom on the scroller it says Christopher Plummer turns yes. down role in Deadpool two. Yep. <laughs> you know yep. I I had a, a secret hope that John Hamm would be Cable. Just jumping back oh. to that, but I always thought John Hamm would be a great Cable because he does. He's in also Don Draper. He's such a Don Draper Draper. Oh, yeah. And then like you see him on Thirty Rock and he was just tremendously stupid and wonderful in that. Yeah. As an aside, my favorite John Hamm performance is uh, the Reverend uh, Gary Wayne on uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, for sure. He is, he is so perfect in that. My favorite is still him as the talking toilet in Bob's Burgers. Okay. <laughs> John, yep. John Hamm is a treasure. He, yeah. he really is. Yeah, I'm glad that he's still working after Mad Men, and I'm glad that he went to do comedy. Because yeah. he's so good at comedy. I want to see Tag so bad. I do too. Are we going to cover that for the show? We probably will. We should. Because I, because that has like an assemblage of just people that I love and I like I'm glad that like they're giving a platform to Hannibal Burris because every time he shows up in something he steals the show. He was my favorite part of Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He was great in that. Yeah, he's he's just one of those people that you can drop into any situation and your eyes immediately go to him. Well, he has the most amazing cadence for comedic delivery. And I just love his, like, I got to show you this video. I think this guy's a war criminal, but <laughs> like, it's just, he, he's, he can kill any line you give to him. And that's one of the things that I will say about Marvel properties, whether we're talking about... Um, Marvel Studios, or even the the ooh, I nearly knocked out the microphone. Is that they uh, waste Lewis Tan? Yeah, they they other than. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I he I could have been Iron. He could have been Iron Fist. But <laughs> I would have watched Iron Fist. I would say with nine, they they cast characters with 98 percent accuracy. I'm saying their their track record is pretty darn good. Like every once in a while, you get a Finn Jones or an Olivia Munn, but like for the most part, you get you, they they know how to find their characters. Um, Josh Brolin did an amazing job with Cable. Like that could have been that could have just been a horror show as far as like. You have to be able to play the comedy, and you have to be able to be a believable straight man in a film where the straight man is almost a thankless job. And he he really showed how versatile he is whenever you look at what he did with Cable and also what he did with Thanos earlier this year. I'll tell you right now, being a straight man is the hardest comedic role you can do. It is. Oh, you don't have to tell me that on this show. And um, it's... It's rough because you have to raise the stakes constantly. That's the whole role of a straight man is to say to the crazy person, to set up the crazy person to do something even crazier and to make it believable. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, he did a great job just constantly raising the stakes and not even letting you realize he was the person doing it. I think the moment that I realized he was the perfect straight man was whenever he says, it's not dirt, that's the blood of my dead child. <laughs> and Wade's <laughs> just like... Face. 
Oh, oh no! I got a, I have a gluten allergy. <laughs> like, there's no response to it. Yeah, no. And uh, he, here's something that did bum me out, though. You didn't have any slow motion footage of him and his little girl, and his wife. You think yeah. they would have? Like, you like, think they would have gone the like uh, Terminator sec- apocalypse route? Yeah. With, like, you know, like three seconds of him of showing, holding, like, showing him, like showing the tender, like showing the tenderness before. Like, you know, it, it doesn't matter because he's not going back to them anyway. Yeah, you're never, never going to see your family. Again, Cable. Womp, well, who womp. knows? Because he, you know, Deadpool. Part of the joke is that he fixed the doohickey, so yeah. he might be jumping through time as is, which was a lot of fun to see him. Like, just... because I guarantee you, <laughs> I guarantee you, great the comedy that could come from Deadpool being invited to a Cable family dinner. Oh, <laughs> like I want to see that scene. That would be. Just peak comedy because kid loves him, wife hates him. Yeah, story like story of his life. It would be so perfect. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I, and I, in the comics, Deadpool has always been great with kids. I had to hit the dump button. I haven't done that in a while. Sorry. That's it's okay. That's a special one for the. Uh, that's a special one for the the uh, Facebook Live. Bonus. I, so... I called it. I called it earlier today that we wouldn't make it through this episode with at least one. FCC violation. Oh, I'm so oh. sorry. It's okay. It's okay. No, we've turned it into a joke. I'm so sorry. I'm so used to being on podcasts where I have the unlimited freedom to do whatever no, I want. I've done it too. You were there when I. You were there when I did it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do they can they hear any of us? I don't know. So I'm gonna let the timer go back up. There's probably just like dead air right now. I don't know. I've I've uh, never been present whenever one of these things goes off. It, okay. It's pretty high FCC. It, it's I'm pretty sorry. Uh, it flows pretty well because I had to do a dump during the uh, Infinity War episode. Okay. Oh well, boy. I'm just. <laughs> I'm so sorry. How, how long does it dump? Is it? Like... Uh, it looked like it. Uh... It doesn't dump. It doesn't dump a ton. We can okay. actually just go back to. The okay. Dump, well... <laughs> yeah. So there's so much. There's so much like uh, tenderness when it comes to Deadpool. Mm-hmm. That well, you like can't... if you if you look at it like in the comics, you see all these great character moments from Deadpool. Like there's um, there was a moment that uh, I remember where Wade. Uh, there was a moment that was almost akin to like the all-star Superman uh, suicide moment um, where yeah. he's like talking someone off a ledge. And it's like Wade is one of those characters that has a tremendous amount of pathos. Yeah. that's just associated with his condition. And in the hands of good writers, meaning anybody who's not Daniel way, um, <laughs> the character really, really sings. There was um, a, a Deadpool suicide uh I think storyline where he did see someone that was trying to jump off a building and yeah, that's he takes her refer- to see Hamilton. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the one I'm referring to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, a good one. The thing about Deadpool is that he should, by all means, be one of the most unlikable characters of all time. He is constantly talking, he's butting into people's scenes, he's constantly up showing up, um, he's he's has no boundaries. Uh, all the other characters hate him. They've shown an active dislike of him. Um, he's his healing power is laughably too strong. Like to the point that if you just smash everything except his brain, he'll just grow everything yeah. back. Like Which, by all means, he should be uncomfortable and annoying. And in the hands of a bad writer, yes, it's just a lot of wacky, uh, very. Uh, very pop culture references that are going to be outdated by the time the comic comes out. But what makes him great is that he's never stuck in maudlin or comedy 
uh, all at once. It's he's constantly there's a fluidity to Deadpool yeah. that yeah. I really appreciate in and, more ways than one. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and they explain that too. It's like yeah. you know, if you if your brain is just full of cancer and it's constantly regenerating over and over again what's a personality right what's an orientation well, and it's he nothing also, like he like his whole brain doesn't experience reality like anybody else right he also knows that he's in a comic book and so he's just like i can do whatever i want yeah which should also like, be very annoying like which should what, like but i isn't it's I great and i like the way they do it for uh she hulk too yeah, yeah. she hulk's she another hulk really was, fun she-Hulk one was a good one yeah, yeah. Well, he had the two other voices for a while. He had these two other mm-hmm. voices that would speak to him in the comics. There was this one that was basically his ego and his id. Um, one very serious militant, like, let's <laughs> march on. And the other one was just more wacky. So you got, and then him speaking to these two disembodied voices in his own head. So you had like the flavor of his three stasis constantly through the comic books, which I gotta admit, it makes me a little sad that I don't really see that in the movies but like how would you even pull that out how would you it's a very hard tone to strike in film i feel like uh, in a comic book it's easier to maintain that balance on film you still have to maintain the rules of like what people expect out of cinema or what people expect out of comedy what people expect out of you know there's Mm -hmm. there's expectations that have to be met with a comic book you can kind of lampshade it a little bit easier um but one of the things that i really liked about uh about deadpool in the the fourth wall breaking and just the the way that they utilize that type of humor in this film, we talked a little bit about confidence earlier on. I don't think that in the first film they were confident enough to go with some of the jokes that they would have that they went for in this film. Um, my favorite all-time joke in this movie, and I don't think anyone agrees with me, and maybe I'm wrong, is when Dopinder said that <laughs> the proposition had a wonderful Guy Pierce performance. That was my favorite joke. <laughs> Because I think I'm the only one who has seen the film The Proposition. Probably. Probably. So that joke killed me. I was the only one in the theater who was laughing because I'm the only one who got it. And the fact that they threw that into the they threw that one into the script when they could have gone for something completely easy mm-hmm. that made me like extremely happy yeah there's it did a really good job of balancing between uh jokes pretty much anybody can get and jokes only hardcore nerds would get and jokes that only people like certain just certain people in the audience are going to get well, it's... and I, and i heard this a lot in the audience when i was watching cuz i saw it on uh saturday night mm-hmm. And uh, it was a pretty full audience. And every now and then somebody would say something. And then you heard in the very distance somebody go, ha! <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. That like, was me. That was me when he gave Gail as a fake name. Yeah. Yeah. I was the no, only one in the, the theater that goes, ha, 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 ha. I was the only. Yeah. I, it, whenever I went, I went really, really early. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine, it was like a group of like five frat bros behind me who I wanted to like stand up and kick in the teeth. And at the point where uh, he's like, who came up with that power set? Probably some hack who can't draw feet. I was the only one who laughed. Uh, yeah. It's and a I'm great like, joke. <laughs> it is and a good joke. Yeah. Where were the pouch jokes? Oh, here's something that's just that, crazy. Let's, let's talk about uh, Rob Liefeld for a second, because this just blew my mind. So for Cable and Deadpool... The way he thought of them as he was, he like started writing, wait, yeah, when they first started getting together and kind of writing them in a duo, he got the inspiration from the movie Twins, 
with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that makes sense, but I, wow. Yeah. That's weird. And and he said, like, at some point, he's like, well, how are you guys twins? He goes, well, you take all the good, all the strong, all the smarts, all the handsome, you put it in my brother, and the rest is me. (laughs) (laughs) That actually makes a lot of sense. It works. And it's funny because I've, I've, uh, so he came up with it. It's funny because I've, I've run into Rob Liefeld on a couple occasions at a different conventions and people have such a weird, disparate. I don't know how I feel about him. I feel like he's a clock that's right twice a day. Every, like, he seems like an affable enough guy the few times I've interacted with him, but at the same time, he, um. He's a bro. He's, he's a total bro. But here's the thing. Bro is bro. But have you guys. No, 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 here's the thing. I have met, uh, I've also met Greg Capullo, Mm -hmm. who is the total living embodiment of, do you even lift, bro? And he's not as, and he's, he's the coolest dude you'll ever meet. It's funny. He follows me on Twitter. (laughs) Tell him to listen to the show. I'm gonna. Tr- he, he, probably, he might well, be. Hey, right Greg. Now, I, f- I find that most gym rats don't need to be the broest because they go to the gym. They've already broed. Yeah. They've broed. They've had <laughs> they get their, their bro out at the gym. Yeah, they yeah. get their bro out at the gym, and the rest of the time they're like chill because they don't have to deal with it. It's the guys who wear tap out t shirts with low muscle tone. Those are the guys who bro the hardest, my She's friend. not wrong. No. Did you guys, though, see Rob Liefeld's uh, original creation recently called The Pouch? Oh, no. It is a superhero that is nothing but pouches, and he has a gun that's made of pouches, and it shoots pouches. Ugh. It's... In, its name is the pouch, and it has feet that are pouches. No, you oh, know what? You don't get to be in on the joke anymore. What's funny? You don't get to be what's in funny the to joke, me is Rob. Like, I was expecting more pouch jokes, and all we got was the fanny pack gags. You know what? That was enough. That but was a I, good amount. Because you know the the thing about the movie is that you can't get to every single joke yeah. that you want them to get to unless it's just a quick tap and run. Like all you really need is one. Yeah. But and and honestly, I think that the uh, lip balm gag was better than any oh, pouch gag. So good, <laughs> and it kind of hints to the like the budding relationship between Cable and Deadpool. <laughs> Just like you're really making eye contact right now. Oh my God, Meredith is pulling up the, the pouch. pouch. Oh, Let me grab it's that real hideous. Quick. Yeah, it looks like the thing from a distance. It, yeah, from the distance, it looks like the thing, but it's not the thing. It's a man made of pouches. It's just a hideous. It's just hideous. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. and he's got feet though, so. Yeah, you know what? And they're made of pouches. <laughs> they're oh, so big, Lord. they might just be backpacks, though. His I, knees you, are backpacks. The 90s had such a, like, it leaned in really hard into making everything as sharp as possible. And it's yeah. what's funny is... Um, and dirty looking. A lot of unnecessary lines. Yeah, a lot of squeaky, oh, yeah. squiggly. And Jim Lee not... was also guilty of that. Just like, here, let's put a line on the flare in that knee. Yeah. Okay, uh, buddy. Jim Lee's evolution as an artist, um, I think, can excuse me, be directly tied to how good his colorist got in later years. <laughs> um, because it kind of compensated for some of the over detail that he mm. was, uh, that he was guilty of in the nineties. One of the, Oh, another thing I, before I forget, I want to talk about in the film, uh, with regards to cable and the choices that they did in framing him. Um, the synth score that played yes. anytime, yeah. anytime he was like in his future or in the, uh, in the hotel room, putting together his massive gun. Yeah. Like, Oh, I love it so much because it was so hyper aware and so perfect. Like it reminded it. It's 
It's little character beats like that, that self-aware sense of like, okay, we know the source material, we know what tropes we're, we're, we're working with here, let's just lean into it as hard as we can. Yeah, it's too bad they couldn't put some of that character into Vanessa. I did have somebody okay. lean over and say, that's cheating, when he put the, the, the gun together. I, when he was like, that's cheating, he could see what he's doing. <laughs> Like yeah, dude, that's the point. It's the future. And I yeah, love, but yeah, let's jump into Vanessa. Well, what, before we get into Vanessa, I want to point out that his gun goes to eleven. Can we? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was a great. He's got a little knob. He's got a little knob. You know what? The classic survive. I think that's what we've learned from yes. this. It goes to eleven. Will never not be funny. Yeah. Never. I will always. I will always laugh at that joke. All right. So now we can get into uh, why Vanessa is awful. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, there's a lot of like baggage that goes with that character and this franchise like they haven't mentioned the like they haven't got into the fact that Vanessa is supposed to be a mutant we didn't get into the fact that um whenever Vanessa yeah, she's, cop she's supposed to be copycat yeah, right whenever yeah. she was introduced in the comics um Domino was actually just copycat pretending to be Domino like that was her introduction and so like there was an opportunity to give a sort of like purpose to Vanessa? You know, it's really crazy because in the in the comics, Deadpool um, okay, so in the movie you know he dies constantly and he's constantly trying to trans, you know, go to the other side to be with Vanessa who's in dead in the movie um, and he can't make it and he's having all these conversations with her and he pops back into life and the conversation's always the same, you can't stay here, I love you very much, bye. But in the comics, Deadpool and Death itself, yeah. the ethereal yeah. embodiment of Death, are totally in a relationship. Yeah. He's constantly dying so they hook up from time. Yeah, and Thanos like, is like super jealous of that. I feel like yeah. they're in a, a weird love triangle. I feel like yeah. Deadpool has more weird romantic entanglements oh, than any sure. Marvel character. He's been married he, because he's so married much. To, he's married to like the vampire queen. Mm -hmm. He's had the relationship yeah. with Death. He's uh, Vanessa. Um, Siren. Siren. Um, and then uh, and wish, Cable. 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 He There's, wishes for B. Arthur. He Like, he pined for B. Arthur. He, his swords Real. are named B and Arthur in the mm -hmm. film. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the romantic entanglements thing, it's like... Which is kind of why I don't like that they try and pin him down with just Vanessa throughout the whole time, because he's funnier when he's just with everybody. It, it definitely raised the stakes to a movie level uh, for the first movie, but I can see where you're coming from. Like, if it was a time skip and then things got weird with Vanessa and they're like, you know, it turns out she is a mutant. Yeah. I think that would have been an interesting turn. Well, yeah, the and they would have. And I was very disappointed that that didn't happen with her. Yeah. And I think well, you're I right. They I've, were originally I've... supposed to break up and then they were like, no, let's just kill her off. Well, I think oh. that the yeah, break, that the was, break, the breakup rough. wouldn't yeah. have the breakup wouldn't have been enough. I don't think to propel Wade on the journey that he also has would in have film. made her a horrible person. Yes, that too. Mm. And, he, and like the only kind of... and the only reason that Vanessa wasn't a larger part of it is because she had contractual obligations to film Gotham. Like that's, I mean, she's, oh no, yeah. Yeah. that's why. Yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, that's yeah. rough. So like they're like, we know we only have her for X amount of time. We have to hit a time frame. We have this budget. We can't oh. move this. So how do we adapt that? It's it's an unfortunate reality of filmmaking is yeah. when Whenever you have somebody who has, uh, you know, something that they're committed well, to, but it would have been even better to make her make her into copycat, so you could have gotten multiple other actresses right. and actors. To yeah, be that's, and it would have given her more of a character. Her literally, her entire character is just I heart Deadpool. There is 
nothing to her. Yeah, I don't think she even had enough point. lines to even say I heart Deadpool. Yeah, she's not <laughs> she's not even like she's not even a flat character. She just has no character other than how she feels and thinks about Deadpool and yeah. it makes her boring and I don't care what happens to her. Yeah, it, it was kind of disappointing because in the first one, you know, they they were obviously very much attracted to him. And by the way, they have in same chemistry. Yes, they do. They oh really my god! Really yeah. It's like I just and, I want to see that leaked video, right? But um, and I mean, if she, but if they could do something with that but, instead yeah, of just they, her being into Deadpool, like I want to know why she's into him, other than the fact that he's Deadpool and looks like Ryan Reynolds. I want to know why he's into her for reasons other well, than I the feel, fact that well, I she feel looks like, like Marina Background. Like there's, no, I feel like the first film did a good job of explaining why they were together in that it was a pure simpatico like personality they just, they, they just clicked i didn't and, have to have a backstory for them when then, i saw them happen i was like i get it yeah it makes their, their personality yeah, and sometimes that's all you much need to her though. well i feel like the the muchness to her comes from her reaction to wade having cancer like everything you need to know about vanessa's character is how she handled that cancer announcement her like deciding you know this is what we're going to do i have plans we're going to make sure you survive this she became the rock of the relationship and while it was you know wade goes off and he has his own little thing and we kind of don't see a whole lot of vanessa be before she needs to be rescued and there's a whole but slew of problems what does she have. have outside of wade is what i'm saying she well, doesn't seem to have any kind of like her own yeah in her no, life by no means is this movie gonna pass any bechtel test well no or the last movie nor do they nor nor must test. nor must they to but, be a good movie there's a lot of movies that i love that don't pass that test yeah but like i just don't like vanessa as yeah, a character, I, I just don't think I, she's a good character. I see where you're coming from because she just exists as the sexy, hot, uh, capable girlfriend. End of list. Um, but honestly, like that's kind of what the point of the movie is too. Like it's a. Here's the thing about this: these movies, they're very teen boy fantasy. Like there's no room to have emotions and like growth which sucks well because they're spending so much time and energy to blow things up and i think you're right because i you know i would have part of what kind of bummed me out about the movie and it wasn't even about vanessa because honestly i didn't even give her that much thought because they didn't put enough right. on her to have that much thought but it bummed me out when it came to domino because you didn't really know anything about her she just like happened to drop that she went to the same orphanage and i'm like wait yeah, wait, was, wait a minute was... you did what couldn't you have at least a bigger emotional reaction to the kid and be like, like hey I... kid i know what you've been through i've been through the same ish too well like and I i'm s- here for you like and i I'm said earlier mess this place up for you was was she tortured though? Because yeah, she said she, she was tortured. Oh, she. Oh, right. I don't, she, how did I miss she, that? Right. Said, oh, this is where I. I wouldn't grow up here. This is where I was tortured. Like that was her delivery. Oh, yeah. maybe I was in the bathroom. I did. I did take a bathroom break. <laughs> and so, like that's that's my thing. Is like whenever you complain about Vanessa, like Domino had zero character. Too. She was cool. She just she just had personality, which is the same thing that I have with Vanessa. It's just that Vanessa's function in the story is different. Yeah. But Vanessa doesn't she even have a personality. She wasn't nearly as much fun. Vanessa was nearly as much fun in this movie as she was in the last movie. Yeah. And that's where I it's strongly that's just agree by, with you. I feel like that's just ver- by virtue of screen time. Yeah. It's they, a, well, you can still do a lot with very little. Gosh. Look at look at basically everyone in X Force had even less screen time than Vanessa, and every single one of them made every second that they were on screen count. Yeah, but they all died. And it was hysterical. 
Yeah, they didn't I, die sad death. I'm never going to get the image of Terry Crews going through a bus window out of my head. Uh, let's talk about Deadpool's like suicide attempt in the first movie, and then the first half of the first 15 minutes, where he's like kind of narrating through this, and, and he blows himself out. I was like, this doesn't have any weight to it. Like, that kind of bummed me out, well, too. The fact, but I think well, now looking the, back on it, I think it's exactly because of what you're saying. Because when Vanessa died in the first couple of minutes, there wasn't enough emotional connection between them two. Right. Well, for 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 it to have any impact when he's like, I'm going to kill myself. Personally, like, cool, whatever, well, personally the reason that scene didn't connect for me is because at that point, we don't know why he's trying to blow himself up. We haven't, like, gotten the backstory. Yeah, but they I open mean, like, with, when, They open with that, so there's no emotion. When it comes back to it and he does it, I'm like, eh. Honestly, I I understand it it, when they come back to it because, I mean, although it's kind of redundant because you saw him try to, quote unquote, kill himself when he throws himself in front of the car with the guy who killed Vanessa. Oh, that was a good moment. That was a good moment. Like, I honestly think that moment had more emotional weight than him blowing himself up. You know what could have helped that was a whole... A Groundhog Day montage of him just trying to kill himself. That would have yeah. been great. That would have been great. Like, oh, they should have done that verbatim. Like, just walking around with a toaster, just like driving with a with a, a groundhog that somehow he found. Yeah. Oh, I would have loved that. Oh, drying his hair. Make me he drives, a director. He drives, he like walks past a poster for Happy Death Day. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that would be just. I mean, there's, there's lots of things that they could have done, and I'm not trying I mean, to say it that. It would have had more emotion. Weight if he tried to kill himself over Peter. <clears throat> oh. To be fair, we all cried when Peter died. Yeah. R.I.P. Sugar you know, Bear. Who was the actor playing Peter? Rob, Rob Delaney. Delaney. Rob Delaney. Oh. For he he felt very um he felt very Breaking Bad. Who am I thinking of? Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Oh, Brian Cranston. He can do anything. It's just the it's just the mustache and the the long sleeve button dad, up. Yeah, it's the, the it's, it's the it's the suburb it's the suburban dad look. Yeah, yeah. I love that they they used his actual headshot. For yeah. his, like what Are happened? You catfishing me? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great gag. Before we before we wrap things up, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Julian Dennison. We haven't talked about him the entire time, and he was delightful. Ricky Baker. <laughs> oh, he was great. I love that. Very, kid. I love yeah. that kid so much. He was, His delivery was so good, and he felt like a kid. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, he was so like there was there was a vulnerability and an honesty to him that I really really the liked. The entire time I was like, "That's my nephew. That's my nephew," and I'm like, "I <laughs> want to protect my nephew. Don't touch my nephew." And, and I just felt that kid. I nearly wet myself at the uh, the pantomime rope gag. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not a real rope. Oh my. And honestly, there was something very touching about his his friendship with the juggernaut. There was. Yeah, they seemed there to was. genuinely like each other. Like, it was the only person that the juggernaut How seemed to care about. How did we go this entire movie without talking about this entire movie without know. talking about juggernaut? And um, it's funny because I guess because he fell flat compared to the kid. The kid yeah, felt like because a lot Julian, of fun. like you're pairing up with, with Julian Dennison, who's a freaking treasure. Um, and the one thing that I did love too was, <laughs> excuse me. Um, that uh, the juggernaut in the credits was credited as himself. Yep. <laughs> because Ryan Reynolds did the voice in motion capture. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty hilarious. They did a they did a better job making 
the juggernaut meme worthy in this than they did by quoting an actual meme in X-Men The Last Stand. I'd uh, like to just go out yeah. and say that. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, yeah, I, uh, the only thing uh, issue if I kind of had, I kind of wish that uh, the kid became too powerful, like that his powers were going out of control. I think it would have been a very interesting to have him like calm down from like this rage of being at this place that you know ruined his childhood it yeah. took his childhood away from him i think i would have liked to see more of him destroying the school on purpose instead of the juggernaut i think that yeah. would have been a lot more powerful and I'm, yeah. ho I'm hoping that when they do x-force they have him on the team they better they better <laughs> just picturing jumping out of a plane yeah it'd just be it would just be perfect that kid is a, that kid is a treasure if you haven't seen hunt for the welder people that oh god oh I'll have to check that out it's oh so yeah good. I, I'll He's be so honest cute. when he said like have you ever seen any plus size superheroes I'm like no the industry discriminates <laughs> yeah. it's like I feel you kid I mean I feel you yeah because if you're super powerful and strong sometimes you're not that hot I'm sorry sometimes you're just this chubby baby who just has super strength and what are you gonna do and I just love like the fact that he's <laughs> the he's like I'm gonna adapt to prison by doing everything I've ever seen in a prison movie yep <laughs> it's just it was just perfect and it's, it's he so has his little prison wallet as, yeah. yeah as far as like as far as character development <laughs> so goes he's probably the most well-rounded character oh, in the absolutely. film oh yeah and I really and I appreciated that like there was some awkwardness to his delivery because He's, he's a kid. He's an awkward kid. Yeah. He's a kid. He was perfect. Yeah. I loved it. I and they let him keep his New Zealand accent. I know. They didn't make him be an American. Way more charming. Oh, yeah. So yeah. more charming. Because then you're like, this is whole story of like, how did they get this New Zealand kid over here? <laughs> yeah. Who's flying him? Who left him? Like, what? What is yeah. happening? So there was a lot more room to explain it, but they never did. They didn't I'm okay need to. They didn't, yeah. they didn't need to. It's so good. Solid all around. Have a great time watching this movie. Yeah. I, 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 enjoy, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Like, there are flaws. Obviously, it's a Deadpool movie. Like, the comics themselves have a lot of flaws mm -hmm. most of the time. Just It's just inherent to the type of character that he is and the type of story you can tell with that character. So... The fact that it's not perfect doesn't upset me. I think it has a great deal of rewatchability factor because of the personalities of the people involved. Um, that aren't Vanessa. That <laughs> like, can, like, I also want to point out that I really liked Dopender in this movie. Oh, yeah. He was so good. What's your superpower? Courage. <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot more. He grew a lot more than Vanessa, clearly. Yeah. Uh, but he he had a lot more range, and I'm always a little wary when it comes to uh, having minorities play stereotypical characters, and uh, they definitely did that to him. Uh, but the actor is so charming and so likable. Every time he came on screen, I was like, Hey, it's Dopinder. Hey, what's up, buddy? I just wanted to yeah. see him more. Um, and I do like that he has this streak of murderous rage inside of him that it's just quietly that, sheened over with just politeness. Yeah, it's just like he, he's just so, like, adorkable and yet also a raging murder machine. Yeah. And I love it. The, the end, whenever the whenever the taxi cab crushes the, uh, the headmaster, I would... I died. Oh, for sure. I was, and I love Deadpool's. Like I saw the car coming for thirty seconds. I couldn't <laughs> hold it together. It was so perfect. Like was the, so the, good. the comedic timing in this film is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what would make it rewatchable to me. Is just that there's so many jokes 
there's so many references there's so many like visual clues and like just little winks that there's no way i caught it all there's no way i caught it all and i think it's gonna be a lot more fun to rewatch it just to see everything i miss oh there's a lot of the, stuff that you'll miss first. on the first time around and i and um apparently they've announced already that there's going to be an extended cut on whenever it hits home video oh, absolutely and i feel like maybe some of that colossus deadpool pairing um, might come into play, I Were hope, they because kiss? because I, I would love that. I want to see them kill. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah, they're they're just. It's a great movie. Um, I would love to see if they ever do another Deadpool movie. I would love to see the good, the bad, and the ugly, which will never happen because that's with Wolverine and Captain America. Um, but it's my one of my favorite Deadpool trades of all time is written by Brian Poussain. So if you want to know more about Deadpool as a all-around character, I think that's a great one to start. I, I have I, yet I, to read his run. I wanted to. They, He's such a good I think fit. They okay. I think they just collected all of it into an omnibus. Yeah. So if you can get a hold of that, that's a good read. It was a good yeah. series. Yeah. Anything by Joe Kelly, too. If you want yeah. to read any Joe Go Kelly, Go back and read, Deadpool. like, um, I think it's the first 10 volumes of Woo. Deadpool Classic. Woo. Like, goes from Joe Kelly up to uh, the Gail Simone Agency X stuff, which was Woo. also pretty good. So good. All right. Is there anything that we need to cover before we get out of here? Because we are almost out of time. No, I think we covered all of it because we're good at our jobs. You want to make another snarky comment about Vanessa? No, I, I've, I've said my piece. Okay. All right. Um, well, uh, thank you for tuning in. This has been a great discussion. I, uh, you wouldn't think that this is the type of film that you could talk about for an hour, but you could talk about this thing for days just because it's one of those things. That there's, there's little stuff that you can pick apart and dissect for, like, hours at a time, and I'm glad that we sat down to talk about you this. You know, like... Bits and pieces of Bill Skarsgård inside of a garbage truck. <laughs> the only way that could have been better is if he was played by Steve Buscemi. Um, oh, I so love him, that too. That would have been great. That would have been, then you would have seen it coming. Um, so next week, whenever we come back, um, we're going to be in my wheelhouse. Because we're going to be talking about uh, Solo. And then they're doing the Boba Fett movie. No, they're not. Which is it's never going to happen. No, it's you never announced happen. today. James Mangold. Mm -hmm. It was announced? Right? Yeah, James Mangold. Boba he, Fett movie? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then that's my wheelhouse oh lord anyway so next week uh, get ready to hear me actually be uh, more engaged than you've heard me since this show started but uh, thank you for listening and we will see you wait uh, we have to say bye oh. to Brenda people know where to find Brenda oh yeah I, uh, find me on MockingbirdNetwork.com on my show called Nerd Love where I uh, say a lot of expletives with uh, my friend and comedian Roxy Hayes okay bye <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you have a do you have a Twitter or anything that people uh, can find yeah, you? Yeah, follow me anywhere online. Valdivia, V A L D E E V E E A H. All right, thank you for listening. We will see you next week, guys.